0: Welcome, 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 peace. This is episode seventy-five of the Fire This Time podcast. I'm Aki to G. My name is Sunny to Ray, and I'm going to welcome the people. Right, Aki.
1: Welcome back to the Fire This Time. Um, this is episode seventy-five. I think uh, maybe a, a Negro's memory is off. But uh, hey, we just going with it today You know what I'm saying, thank you for coming back and chilling with us You know what I'm saying, as usual It's getting warm here, but it's chilly at night So you know what I'm saying, we trying to soak in them days Hopefully y'all staying comfortable with whatever the hell y'all at And hopefully you stay righteous in the process um, What we gonna do for y'all today is We gonna give y'all just a little bit of freelance conversation What Me and my man Was just sitting here Chilling Just chit chatting And hell We got into a good ass groove And he turned on the recorder So shit We started recording And uh You know I ain't We ain't gonna really gotta State no
0: topics Right now Uh It just I, I I mean We were talking about Some of the Divisions in our community
1: You're hearing a lot of younger dudes getting this conversation, a lot of the young ladies in this conversation, and I think they are starting to wake up to some shit like, now nah, that's not... you know what I'm saying? They don't necessarily want the culture. I, and that's because they... I don't think yet they realize and see that the culture is what they need. Like, a culture is what they need. Like, right now, it's just about uh being, like, you know, individual stuff. But once they realize that it's culture... Then they probably, you know what I'm saying? Because you hear these arguments, nobody never talks about culture. Nobody never talk about it. And I think we've been overemphasizing politics so much that we forget about culture. Even though culture is very part of politics, we emphasize it so much, we don't even talk about what the people value, what the people. Because if you look at the values now, it ain't shit that's. It ain't in Guzzo Sava. It ain't necessarily love, true, peace, freedom, and justice. No, it's not that stuff, you know. That's not to speak bad on my people. But it's not that.
0: I think, I mean, culture exists in different forms, you know. And I think it's still part of our worldview. Just our worldview is not being carried out in our lives, yeah You know what I'm saying Because we've given over So much control To our enemy The enemy and Has seized So much control yeah. Over our lives So I, I mean I, I agree with you that The values That we hold You know Are not institution, institutionalized Like they should be Yeah You know uh, And that's very significant uh, And then And oh, they need to be again and you're right uh, political programs put out to us by the Democrats you know and even Republicans whoever mm-hmm. you know uh, how often do their political programs reflect the real uh, you know reflect our culture reflect our worldview, view mm-hmm. you know and they don't we know they don't you know those are f- those are foreign structures to us mm-hmm You know And uh, That's a recognition We have to Really arrive at Again uh, Collectively Mm. You know uh, Because To do so It You know It underlines the need To build Collectively And independently Yeah And uh, But no I I definitely agree That uh, It's definitely too much Get the bag And that's really And that's what That's what's ruling the airwaves.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's ruling the airwaves. Don't get me wrong. Money is essential. It's essential in this world we live in. I'm not going to say it's not. Um It's the bait, though. We know we need money to do things, but it's not what they like. Like for us, you know what I'm saying? The real goal is the lifestyle. No stress. No work. A lot of us, um, a lot of our people, they really want the mental heaven. The stressless heaven. You know. um, And that's not all of us. I mean I think we all Would want that But we got a certain Segment that's pursuing Even with the shit That's going on Like with, even with Some of the arguments And manosphere And all of that shit We forget that That's sort of Class thing That ain't the shit That everyday Everyday people are Talking about You know We got to try to figure out How to organize those groups You know what I'm saying Or, or get them to the point Where they got to realize And listen here You in this shit
0: mm-hmm. And If you want to get through it You might need The people that's Right next to you uh, I think that Kevin Samuel's thing also it does show that these issues are important to the black working class. Yeah, you know uh, because you know that's who was tuned in, mm-hmm. and I mean of course, and this is what a lot of outside groups lose sight of. Yeah, of we do care about the worsening relationship between black men and women. Mm-hmm. The black community cares about that. Yeah. We don't have many viable, institutionalized ways out of the mess that we're in. Mm-hmm. So when a platform arises yeah. that is geared towards that in a way that's culturally relevant for us, we pay attention, you know. And Kevin Simmons was able to do that through an entertaining, speaking style yeah. and, and consistency. Yeah. You know, that's what explains that. It's not... uh So... And he, he was also concerned about the worsening relationship, I and mean, he had a certain, you know, perspective, yeah. you know, on why it was weakening.
1: And it, and it, and his perspective was a little bit of it was sort of class related, mm-hmm. you know. He was a man from the middle class, middle upper class, um, but he was talking to he he was from that class, but he was talking not only to people in that class but working class people. Mm-hmm. Because I mean I would notice That he would always say Why don't you just Get a regular guy mm-hmm. You're a regular girl Why don't you just Get a regular guy mm-hmm. <laughs> You know What's wrong with Regular people Getting with regular people mm-hmm. You know Granted they would say That's not what they wanted Um He would always Try to emphasize marriage You know Um It had his. It, he Like cause you know Since he's passed now, you know, you you got some people who've tried to pick up the torch um, on that right there. I think he was probably the only... I seen legitimacy with him. I didn't sense like he was just out to just, you know, get over. He he had meaningful shows. You know what I'm saying? Um, But... It was definitely an issue that people were into. It was definitely an issue that people was talking about. People ain't stupid. Niggas is moving around here and seeing how the relations between black men and black women are. It's, it's something that we experience. And it's like none of the nationhood stuff, none of the, the nationalism means it. none of the community, none of that means shit. If
0: you ain't got family. Black man, woman, and child i I think what made Kevin Samuel so infamous and he was infamous, yeah, was the fact that he exposed how black women were also able to be misled misinformed and misguided by the current system, yeah, you know, and I mean he I think he also it's what we call to he he would say the fantasy mm. He would call it the fantasy, right? Where a, 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 a normal woman would seek out a, an exclusive one percent man, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 even in her, you know, dating life, you know, uh, would only ever commit to that type of man. Yeah, and of course, everybody has their choices, it, but it, th- th- it does it does show. It, I mean, if and of course, this is a cultural thing, you know. Maybe in a very modern white patriarchal but you know but contemporary way of thinking. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there, you know, there is uh nothing wrong with women staying single unless they become the wife or the girlfriend of a rich man. Yeah. You know, maybe they sustain
1: societies for a you know, long term that way, but
0: it, it, it may be a reality at it, some point. We know we know there's parts of the animal kingdom to operate that way. Yeah. You know, uh but Civilized societies you know tend to operate in a variety of ways and contemporarily often not that way mm-hmm. uh where that seen is a good thing yeah uh you know uh you know typically societies are trying to construct cultures mm-hmm. that unite people uh you know uh for better for I, I guess for a wider range and list and list of reasons, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, of course, you know, love and all that stuff, too. But, uh, you know, this idea that, you know, marriage for the contemporary woman is just uh, scratching and clawing towards uh, an elite 1% type of percentile Mm -hmm. position. Uh, You know, he exposed that, you know, many modern women were inflicted with this type of desire. Yeah. And, you you know, many people in the audience... You know Read that as negative Yeah And uh, any, Of course A black man Having a show Which routinely points out Something per- Perceived as negative About black women mm-hmm. This explains his infamy
1: I say it like this too You remember when We was talking earlier And I was talking about Bad bitch vocabulary
0: Yeah There's a such thing
1: As the, you know Just you know Other f- uh, vocabularies That they use um, Maybe you could say The independent you know, strong black woman, independent type vocabulary. And so when you can see yourself in live all night, and the reason why you see yourself is because they're using your vocabulary. They're using the vocabulary. You use the same as them. Even if you ain't like that, but you're using the same vocabulary. And you can see, like, damn, that shit don't even sound right. Like, you know? And then here I ask a mystery question. And I have her brothers ask questions. Would you want this for your son? Would you want this for your brother? Everything you just said to me, would you want that for your son or your brother? You got to relate to something personal, you know. Um, you would see that even some of them would see, like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Um, granted, it ain't wasn't just a woman problem in that. There was a man problem in it too. Um males, black men don't want to admit to it. We we for, for a certain point of time we was effectively neutralized. Literally. I, I believe. I believe the crack era, with the even with the brothers that was trying to resist. And coming into them 90s, they did a big neutralization process to us. But we can even go
0: back further than that, bro. We can talk about slavery. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, but even things particular to black men and black fathers. Yeah. You know, black men were more likely than a black woman, a black mother, to be separated from their family. Yeah. Uh,
1: we got to remember, black men were never brought black women were never brought to America to be with black
0: men well that's I mean not necessarily true just because they were bre- I mean white slave masters bred black women with black men for that reason what yeah. I'm saying
1: is that like in, in the initial time period they came he looked at her as a concubine
0: well, I, the white system definitely didn't give a shit About the union of a black man A black woman Like I said It
1: wasn't about like And our families Wasn't made like that We were still producing slaves But there was no families Being made out of slavery The daddy may have
0: knew That them was his kids Mm. But he could never show That them was his kids It it all depends on what point And where you're looking At in slavery Just because I mean Like the and li- I'm probably thinking harsh situations.
1: Right. Like, so, more, probably the more extreme, where you got a mean... that the, the people had a mean master mm. who was... Because I'm thinking South Carolina. And it's crazy. South Carolina was... I hear most of... I know most of the slave stories from there. And it was weird, because you had... I don't even want to say the word, like, benevolent slave master. But you had some guys that wasn't like that, and then you had some that was harsh. Mm-hmm. like. Harsh, you know what I'm saying,
0: um, but I, I think all them factors like you just described yeah. a lot. All them factors are more played a part in what type of experience an individual. Yeah, because different s- slave, yeah, yeah, slave had, but, in, but you know, it, it, some historians describe black men having more mobility, meaning that in the south. Black men walking amongst or between plantations or between a plantation in a city, having you know they describe it as a privilege, and maybe indeed it was you know compared mm-hmm. to black women you know uh, black women were were not as mobile
1: mm-hmm. in,
0: in that sense as black men. Yeah. But what did black black men all, often what they did with that mobility were visiting the families that they were separated from. Yeah, you know, and I and I and I bring up all of this just to point out the targeting of uh, of uh, men yeah. in our in our role you know in our communities yeah. you know what I'm saying not just target us being targeted just for violence or lynching of course all these things are connected but just the targeting of our role I mean it goes back to Libra Hildy uh, wrote a book on this subject about black fatherhood during slavery mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and uh, one of the most striking parts of the book that uh, for me was as I when she said that enslaved black motherhood meshed well, verbatim what she said. This historian, it, she said enslaved black motherhood meshed well with white patriarchy and, and, and slavery because it was a resource. Yeah, you know. And then it she and then in the next sentence she she talks about how it was black fatherhood that that was seen as a threat. Yeah, it it threatened. The, uh, you know, white patriarchy Or the white patriarch's Sense of entitlement, sense of self Mm -hmm. It it, it challenged their their right to rule Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, So I even, I mean, as a teacher I posed in my class a few weeks ago You know, what are the ramifications Of the dominant white society Looking at the black group In gendered ways One as a reproductive resource and one as a reproductive threat, and then I even asked them, you know, can reproduction take take place in more than just biological sense, you know? And there's a lot of literature on this as well, where a, a colonizer or a patriarch, they're looking for, you know, re uh, for reproduction and and cultural sense as well. Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. They, they want people to reproduce reproduce their ideology. You know what I'm saying? It's like they tried to assemble. Co- Colonial powers was assimilating people exactly. into the French.
1: Exactly. Uh, English, they would send people from their colonies back over to the mother country and educate them in French and English and Dutch education
0: and then send them back mm-hmm. um, to propagate their values, you know. And I think ultimately this is what we have to come to reckon with, to overcome the, the gender division that our enemy has sowed. And mm-hmm. is sowing into our communities. Yeah, it's a truthful recognition that black women are seen as a reproductive resource, and that has a unique set of punishments and you know p- positionality. Really, you mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying in terms of how the how the the system operates and, interf- and uh, interfaces with them. Yeah, and black men are seen as a reproductive threat. Yeah, and that this is uh, this is at the root. Of our divi- of the of the division of genders, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We, we we don't look at it enough in the you know in these precise terms. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because oftentimes the precise terms are not accessible enough. Yeah, but I think it's pretty fucking accessible. You yeah. know, to say one is a, a reproductive resource, and one is a reproductive threat, and that has a lot of ramifications. I mean, like you know when it was crazy because if you look at the laws
1: and where the laws were established. You see sometimes A direct connection So like In the United States When they was first Bringing slaves over They would snatch up anybody Or they would take any Now they would take anybody That was sold So if they came to the dock And they had You know Men, women Or whatever You know what I'm saying Um, They would Naturally You know Buy them Bring them over here Work them um, but you look at, say, for instance, the laws that they use, like, far when once they put the legal right over the over the, over the woman's womb, the black woman's womb, meaning, you know, any type of any child she produces out of that, the mother's a slave and thus any offspring she has is a slave that directly tied her into the business of slavery as a pro, as a generator, a slave producer, you know, not 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 it was against her will. You know all of this was done against her will She didn't have anything to do with that Um And it was done In the same state with Thomas Jefferson You know what I'm saying Good old Pennsylvania And we already know His ideas about slavery He was one of the first people that came up with the Idea of maybe doing an internal Slavery trade You know Um Black males in that became a threat, and we seem to forget that uh, when you look at the numbers of the plantations, there were not many males on the plantation anyway. That's not like not like we think. Like we seem to think like it was a fifty-fifty split male and male on the plantation. A lot of plantations was probably like seventy percent females. A lot of females was in them fields working, and all the males was out there working. So you know, what I'm saying the ratio was way off, and men were not always allowed to even live amongst the women. They didn't like those type of bonds. In the early years of slavery, they sort of had like what you would call sort of separate quarters. When I would read some of the stories and the narratives of how they had plantations set up, it's sort of set up like a fucking concentration camp. I
0: I think you definitely got to, you know, just to be precise, like we definitely got to look at like, it, it it is all very particular and contextual, like time and place, yeah. plantation yeah. And, and everything. Mm-hmm. Early on in slavery, we do know it was a majority man. Yeah. Throughout the slave, the entire yeah. slave trade, it was a majority man that were brought to the Americas in the in, mm-hmm. in the Atlantic slave trade. But uh you know I'm talking
1: I'm more about the boom. The boom came once we started the internal. Yeah, no, because th- see, we were bringing mostly males over mm-hmm. here. You know what I'm saying? That's what you wanted. But once they started that internal slave trade, and they really started using women, yeah, that woman as that, right. we produce naturally, we produce more females than males. No, uh, so that's what was coming on. It wasn't that like you know what I'm saying. It was just more for, of the the change in the system. For sure,
0: and and I no I I I completely see what you're saying, and and I appreciate you saying it, and I'm sure that depending on where you was at the 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 lower Midwest, the upper South, the mm-hmm. the South. You know And I'm sure it looked differently Depending on where you was at Because we know yeah. We we know that One of the internal slave trades That happened You know After the cotton boom mm. And after the westward Expansion of the United States Solidified You know what I'm saying we, we know We know there was a massive Internal trade From the upper south To the lower south Yep And from the east to the west Exactly right Yeah So uh, You know But you know not to get lost in the sauce too much in that history, because I know we yeah. could, we could keep going. Yeah, go I, I do it. I do wanna say something also real quick that's that's related though. Yeah, uh, uh and see what you know you think in, in, in about this as well. You know, oftentimes we hear from uh you know, uh you know, certain Hebrew Israelite types or, you know, we're the real indigenous folk or we're the real Jews and you know, uh those type of folk in our community. Yeah. Um, You know They always point to the fact That so few of the slaves That were brought to the Americas Were brought to the United States mm-hmm. And I think we have to recognize That for a, a long time and, initi- and initially When slavery kicked off You know These colonies were owned By the British And also Several islands In the Caribbean Were owned by the British Yeah You know And of course Uh in in event, even though the British and the French were often at odds, and of course we know that uh, that who became the Americans, the American colonists and the English were often at odds. We know French, you know, uh, was playing a part in some of this, but you know we we do know that eventually all these entities came together in unity to oppose the Haitian Revolution. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but uh, you know. All that to say, you know, my original point on you know, th- talking about migrations that, you know, s- s- like Jamaica, for instance, this is that was a a, a British colony. Mm-hmm. And it was in the Caribbean and places like this where slaves would be seasoned, as they would call it, yeah, and then sold again up north. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was a there was a huge traffic of slaves mm-hmm. between the uh, mainland, what became the United States. In the yeah. islands Which were I mean You gotta think Haiti At the time of its revolution Was not seen as Just One piece of land Amongst many Toussaint Fought in the revolutionary war Real quick Haiti was seen As the most lucrative Piece of land On earth Yeah Sugar that, that Because fact. of the Sugar plantations mm-hmm. And you know Haiti is an island You yeah. know just To the south of us They're banging outside Yeah Go ahead, Aki. Uh, um, you said something about uh, Revolutionary War.
1: Like, like, no, no. What I was gonna say is that. Do you know that? In an, like, most people talk about Black people, and what we, what I will say is this: most of us today are descendants of that internal sl- colonial or that internal slave trade in the United States. Especially when you start talking as we move west, you know what I'm saying? As we start moving west in this country. You, a lot of us come from that um, That's just In in the, the states Now when you start talking about uh, Across um, Like you know far as the mainland United States And the islands and other places in the Caribbean Or even South America Toussaint fought in the Revolutionary War On the side of the French Right here in the United States You know what I'm saying Like We have always been interacting um, a lot of the plantation owners in South Carolina, good example. My family was owned by the Moffat's. We know when the Moffat came over here to the United States and purchased my ancestors. But he also had a brother that was also down in Jamaica. And he had slaves too. You know, there definitely was interchanging and intertwining. People may come up north. Um, Men, we got records of men buying slaves and women, ironically, buying slaves. Tommy Curry talks about that. Buying slaves just in, like, transport. Like, they'll buy a slave literally coming from Barbados. He came from Barbados, came up there with his master, female white mistress, seen him, and was willing to pay top dollar to get him and bought him. Mm. And... You pretty much can figure out what happened from there when, when she got him back to the house. You know what I'm saying? Same thing happened with certain men. Men would come up there, see a certain servant of another man, slave servant of another slave master, and say, you want to sell her? Dude say, how much? He paid top dollar. He get her. That's what we were. We were property. We could be sold at a drop of a dime. Nick came up, you said, hey... Hey, bro! I like the rims on the car. I give you five thousand a rim right now. Shit, you can take them off right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can get these right now. This is the type of shit that was going on back then. So you got to sell like that, but then you also have the specialization in slaves
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was being used. So certain, we know certain areas on the continent had begun to be known for certain types of people and certain types of Africans they would go and they would you get a crop of a con people that come in they would call them chromanti they come in you got certain slave masters that would buy those chromanti or they may get the chromanti from Jamaica or get them from Barbados or get them from Puerto Rico so you know what I'm saying we are all a product today of that internal slave trade that US internal slave trade um, our ancestors, our ancestors were Africans. And that was pretty much those years that flourished from like 1860, uh, from, you know, 1619 all the way to 1860. Um, you could say, I think the flotilla came after. They were still, yeah. So you talking about like 1860. About 1860. So literally, we've been, you know what I'm saying, our ancestors were Africans. And we descendants of those Africans who were involved in the internal colonial slave trade. Now we are here. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to get to a certain level where we can start functioning back again together as humans as a a group, as a nation, as a community. As I said, if you ain't got no family, you ain't got no damn community.
0: A community is made up of families. One of my favorite black feminist historians is uh, a woman named Jennifer Morgan. And uh, I read one of her books for my prelim on slavery, my my preliminary exam on slavery. And her book uh, was published by Duke University Press entitled Reckoning with Slavery, Gender, kinship, and capitalism in the early Black Atlantic, and I want to—I'm uh, going to read the description on this website about the book, and I want to talk to you about uh, its thesis because I believe it, it drives down to the heart of this con- contradictory relationship that we as Black people, as descendants of slaves, have with the capitalist system. Yeah, and a lot of it—it it, it, and it, a lot of it—is uh, tracked through. Black women's position as a Reproductive resource Mm -hmm. and what That meant for the system of capitalism As it developed so let me read it though So this uh, It reads in reckoning with slavery Jennifer L. Morgan Draws on the lived experiences Of enslaved African women In the 16th and 17th centuries To reveal The contours of early Modern notions of trade Race and commodification In the black Atlantic from capture to transport to sale to childbirth, these women were demographically counted as commodities during the Middle Passage, vulnerable mm. to rape, separated from their kin at slave markets, and subject to laws that enslaved their children at birth. Mm. In this way, they were central to the binding of reproductive labor with kinship, racial hierarchy, and the economics of slavery. Now, here's the thesis. Throughout this groundbreaking study, Morgan demonstrates that the development of Western notions of value and race occurred simultaneously. In doing so, she illustrates how racial capitalism denied the enslaved their kinship and effective ties while simultaneously relying on kinship to reproduce and enforce slavery through enslaved female bodies. And, uh,. You know, from what I read of the book, because I have it, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I I haven't read much of it. But, you know, this thesis always struck me, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying, just as being pivotal to our understanding of, you know, capitalism, its origins, Mm -hmm. and also uh, how deep of a pit we're in as far as, I mean, when black women's reproduction is a critical piece to the understanding of the notion of value itself In this society In this capitalistic Vampiristic society mm-hmm. uh, That's a uh, They'll go at no lengths then if, if that's the linchpin for them You know If that was a linchpin for their s- System of value And we know how important that system of value is today mm-hmm. How everything relies on it Yeah uh, You know We know how we we understand that We know how deep we're in Of course It's reading That description I do wonder how You know Where she is Of black males sub, Sexual subjectivity sub, You know uh, Subjugation Oppression Exploitation You know The sexual Oppression Of black men During slavery Like you know Thomas Foster's
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: Rethinking Rufus Work Yeah But uh You know Other I mean, than that You, you know you,
1: you can only imagine What that would be like Just like you, like you, like even what the sister spoke on, black women were literally looked at like a a slave making machine. The white man looked at black women like a slave making machine. White society looked at black women like a slave making machine. And it's crazy because I spoke earlier and I said that. I quoted a a part of a lesson where it says that he says that the black woman, Elijah Muhammad said that the black woman is the most prized possession of Allah, or I should say the nation. And that's the reason why is because that's how we get here. And that makes any woman, to some extent, valuable to the group of men. He wants to exist. You need her. She's essential. But it's funny because when we came to America, we thought, and most of us do feel today, we say, well, they literally enslaved the womb of the black woman to as whatever she produced was enslaved. It was a male or female, it was enslaved, right? Well, they actually did that in Europe too, with other Europeans. So it makes sense of why they would do it here. Um, that mostly came under a tyrannical king But the first time it was actually done Was like that And it's sort of simple It's it's, it's sort of To some extent in the same way um, Of being born into serfdom You know what I'm saying? How people were born into serfdom In Europe The difference is that The human was dehuman They had to dehumanize us Dehumanize us We were like cattle That's what they call a chattel slavery You know um, The level four of black men Definitely would be hard to calculate But like I said, I don't put nothing past these Europeans There's no doubt in my mind That Think about a male who had a child With a woman that he loved Think about a man Who's on the continent And is being taken And his child being taken To any season You know what I'm saying? Like, there's experiences that we have and males are both sexually and, to some extent, business or economically commodified, too. The size. Do you know what I'm saying? They look at the size of the genitals, look at the size of the man, say he'll produce a sturdy big buck and go out there working the fields hard. And he give it this woman, He going to rock her and we're going to let him rock 12 of them. And get twelve more of him, and maybe may, maybe even get more. We may get a set of twins. So I think black males will. And blessed to believe when the master looked over there and seen this butt. Because have you seen a uh, Good, uh, goodbye, uh, Uncle Tom? No. You still he looked at it yet. Uh-huh. Need to look at that movie, cause they had a scene in there where they actually had the brothers up on
0: the block. No, I, I, we started watching it together, didn't we? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was that creative ass film. Yeah, weird, uh, weird. We're, you know yeah, what I'm saying? We, no, we need to start back. We need to start that thing back
1: up. And they showed them walking by, and they would have these bucks. They had a man standing up there, naked, and these these white men would be walking by and just pointing at him yeah, Look at that thing right there. Look how hung that is. He gonna make you a bunch of goddamn little bucks and stuff like that and you know who was with him the white woman was over there on the side looking I want him They get him what you think her plans is for him
0: Hmm.
1: you know what I'm saying yeah I know you're gonna go out there and do your thing you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying so I definitely think we were used as a commodity and sex commodity um even I mean say for instance it may have been a master who was homosexual and you know, he wanted to, you know what I'm saying? He seen him and we had the same, you know what I'm saying? And I think there's so many ways we were commodified. Just literally for our physicality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Um slaves were commodified too for skill. You know, a lot of people from Sierra Leone and stuff in Senegal was taken because of rice. So they were taken to places like South Carolina, Georgia, working rice plantations, stuff like that. You had other people that was good at other things. So just depending on, you know, the time, the period, slave, slavery, the system of slavery evolved. You know, I don't think we've ever looked at the impact as deep, though, on how it affected black men, especially as a sexual commodification, but also an economic one. Because if If I can There's stories of whole slave plantations And most people think plantations were super big Like they had 300 slaves on them And stuff like that There's only a few slave plantations like that Slave master may may own 200 slaves But there was never 200 slaves on one plantation He owned many plantations And he had many different slaves on them So you may find a plantation that got Just 15, 20 people But that 15, 20 people is a whole damn family that started from a, 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 a one slave and another slave. They had kids. All of them was enslaved. They had kids. All of them was enslaved. Now you got 15 people on a farm. They all related. They cousins. Some of them may be thinking they brothers and they, you know what I'm saying? Because of how they made them breed and stuff like that. Those those dark secrets that we don't get a chance to really hear about that, you know what I'm saying? Like, the the type of difficulties they would put a black male in and how he would perceive family. Because a lot of bucks, like I said, we, they knew who their kids was. They knew them was their kids, but they couldn't show that them was their kids. They may have wasn't in a position with a master at the time to show that they was their kids. So when he went to the other plantation where those kids was by way of going with the master to go talk to the other plantation or to get some help for a project he got, he go see his kids. You know what I'm saying? Which is a very... Now, I can see how that even relates into how we see our kids today and how black men are sometimes kept from seeing their kids today with the system and the things of that such nature. Um, I don't think it's ever just been really, really examined. That may be a new field of research. You know what I'm saying? We can go in and see how that actually affected them.
0: Um, how did that even affect how you look at family? I mean, that's... I mean, Libra Hilde's book that I mentioned, uh, it does do some of that because there were interviews of people formerly enslaved uh, mm-hmm. that took place, you know, in the 1900s, maybe some in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. But uh, while they were still living, you yeah. know... Uh, you know, so th- there is a record of people reflecting on... Fa- I mean, her book, it looked... I mean, her the primary sources for her book is primarily these WPA interviews of 4 yeah. million enslaved people mm-hmm. and them talking about their fathers. You know, and she's scouring these interviews looking for mentions of, you know, fathers and what they meant, you know, and, and what, she so- what she shows is that despite this se- severe repression... Of black fatherhood by the slave system that the values, like, there were still strong values associated with black fatherhood. Even, Even if the black, like, in fatherhood, you know, black fathers held significance even in physical absence. Check this out. It was a story about a buck.
1: He had a bunch of kids. I think he had, like, 24 kids. And... I guess ever all his kids he got at least to a point where they could recognize him like knew who he was and he, I guess he would tell them to find him well Civil war happens slavery's over all his kids they could eventually found him they came back you know what I'm saying and found them you know and it showed like you say it shows that even and he and then he and he was from a breeding farm because the kids was able to stay there long enough with their mothers mm. to be weaned mm. and to you know what I'm saying get the basics of you know of moving around and then they shipped off and sold you know what I'm saying but you know what I'm saying his kids came back and found him and after slavery you see a lot of even men looking for their children looking for their wives that got they may have got sold off or taken off um So I mean Fatherhood was revered Because It wasn't Fathers and black men were not What people paint us out to be today So fathers were loving And caring And compassionate
0: But then it was some times When they did some stupid shit Because if the white society Could accept black men As those things Then why did they enslave us Why did they I mean because A a big part of the rationalization Around slavery Of an entire race Mm -hmm. Was that they needed The patriarchal guidance And close hand Of these paternalistic Slave masters Mm -hmm. Who would You know Lead them along their way Towards being civilized One day Yeah And being deserving Of freedom one day Mm -hmm. This is how the American white consciousness rationalized slavery for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, of course, you know, uh, maybe we can, you know, move the conversation to the next step or maybe, you know, at least motion toward it and maybe talk about it in our next episode. Mm -hmm. But after slavery, things change, you know, no longer are black people during slavery. For the longest, black people are looked at as an effeminate race. Yeah. An effeminate race, childlike race, in need of white patriarchal guidance. Yeah. by And that's by white men and white women. mm mm-hmm. We know through Stephanie Jones Rogers' work that in Georgia, at least, at some points, what, 40% of the slave owners were women? Yeah. I think that's what her research showed. Uh, yeah, South Carolina, it was about like 30%. Well, there you go. So I mean, the, the white women are a very, a very significant player in the mm-hmm. slave game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, anyways, after slavery, the depiction of black men and black masculinity changes. Hypersexual. You know. Now it's your threat. Without this white patriarchal guidance and paternalism over your lives and your children's lives, now it's going to read you as a threat. Because cause now you are a direct threat mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying We pacified you with slavery Yeah. You know what I'm saying And called you crazy for running away from the plantation <laughs> What was that, what was it, kleptomania? Drape-doman- or? Yeah, drapedomania
1: Yeah, something like that Something
0: stupid like that You know what I'm saying like, He needs he, his ass whooped in the grave for that So, uh, and of course, you know, after slavery We start seeing more and more scientific uh, Scientific racism you know yeah it, it, i ain't gonna say it, it probably emerged before slavery ended it definitely emerged before slavery ended it's like scientific reasons why mm-hmm. africans were so called inferior yeah but it like after slavery it definitely that field definitely grew it grew all the way into the early i mean you could say it grew it's still growing today it's a deep history on that too yeah so uh you know it seems our conversation today kind of You know, started from one, you know, looking like just considering the contemporary uh, gender division. And then we just went back, you know what I'm saying? And to go back, we had to start with slavery, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, so maybe with our next episode, we'll take it after slavery. How how did things change? You know, we're an effeminate race during slavery, you know what I'm saying? And black father during slavery, black fatherhood is a threat still black motherhood. Is a resource mm-hmm. So how do things change After slavery Because things also change For black women How black, black women Are interfaced with You know Yeah uh, Or interact with The white system mm-hmm. You know And uh, this is also uh, After slavery The curious growth Of feminism Yeah You know uh, So as a And it's crazy too Because like That little time period After slavery
1: From 1865 you don't really see too much interaction between African-American women and feminists. And white women. And white women. Right. Yeah. You yeah. don't really see that interaction because black women technically got freedom. Mm. Um, they didn't get the right to vote. Did they get the right to vote with black men?
0: Who, black women? Yeah. No. No, no, no. They didn't
1: get that w- until the, the 19... 19- right. Yeah, okay. Then.
0: Cause, I mean, uh, yeah, women, could, cause women couldn't vote. Yeah, period. Okay. But, but I mean... I. Uh, a lot of people try to read this as you know a situation of drawing together black women and white women's uh, political cause yeah. you know what I'm saying but I, I definitely still resist that uh, you know just in the sense that I mean when black men got the right to vote uh, they used it you know uh, in terms of community oh yeah I mean I mean, oh, yeah. there, there oh, was yeah. writings about it back then oh yeah uh, about how they used the vote uh, And voted on behalf of their families
1: Shoot man we put senators And, 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 and people in public office And and bought slaves back Bought family members back Began to open up some of our earliest businesses um, And we was doing all this shit under pressure <laughs> It was pressure there You know um, And then they had to combat. Uh, you know, intellectually. Because you had a lot of that white supremacist pseudoscience coming about at the time. Mm. Um And I say pseudoscience because it wasn't really shit scientific about it. They was really using some shit that came from some. Matter of fact, I'd say it wrong, it came from Darwin's brother. Mm. Darwin had a brother who wrote very heavily, but he was into esoteric shit, mm. like that new wave thought type stuff. You read some of his books and stuff like that, and then you see where the scientific racism and shit come from. You'll find out where Hitler get all this Aryan race and all this other stuff from. Mm. So you got this type of shit coming up and black people are fighting against it effectively. I mean W. E. B. Du Bois did a hell of a job. Um if you read some of those early works, and I give him a lot of credit for that too He did do a lot of writings on def- in, defend- in defense of black people Back then That a lot of people just don't really Talk about anymore Um And you had other people Taking on those tasks collum- Collimated with You know Garvey's era You know but I mean those are the things right there And that's a different era That time after slavery Uh that's a different era But it is worth examining Um Because Yeah Yeah I mean you know They didn't have a use For Negroes No more on the plantation Oh yeah But they still needed Negroes Because now you still Got these plantations Yeah I mean So now you sharecropping That's a different relationship Between black men And black women That's still related To slavery But economically Different
0: Definitely no, definitely Pieces on the board Were shifting You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. But it was the same board Yeah, it was the same board You know what I'm saying And yeah. uh, for sure I mean, one thing We didn't talk about And and maybe It doesn't have a place I mean, it, it has a place But uh, Like, black rebellion During slavery mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying And the, and the gender relationships there You know and, and black resistance Yeah And, you know Black men and black women Resisted During slavery Mm -hmm. But uh, You know There's been some work Related to uh, You know The the different gendered ways That That occurred So that could be part of the conversation as well But uh, But for sure You know We're gonna keep this conversation going For our next episode As far as uh, You know I I know we're two brothers concerned With Division In our community The lack of unity Yeah And we know One of the biggest causes of that Is what our enemy has the, the gender divisions that the enemy has sold into our community so you know looking at it historically in a series I think it's worthwhile uh, definitely worthwhile definitely worthwhile so uh, with that you know we're gonna say keep the fire burning we're gonna catch y'all next time alright peace peace